From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you are going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson and I've got Kyle Wenzel here uh, with me and we're in the Thinking Out Loud studios. We are super excited that you guys have joined us today. We've got some awesome things in store for you. We got some awesome topics. We're going to be talking about everything imaginable for the next however long you decide to be here with us. We're excited to to do this. So let's just start off by talking about how crazy this year has been. Wow. Yeah, Kev, you, you're not kidding. I mean, we say it in, in all jokes aside, 2020 has, has really just caught us by surprise. You see the memes on there the, about the start of 2020. And well, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, 2020 really isn't the issue. The start of 2020 isn't the issue. The start of 2020 has surfaced a lot of issues within America that we have seen come to a head now. And kind of just to catch everybody up, March 9th came by a surprise. It seemed like that first week, first week and a half of March, it just seemed like an invasion on the American people. It, it seemed like a start of a a surprise attack to humanity physically, emotionally, financially, and instantly we're in a pandemic that seemed to just sweep the nation by storm. And true to form, we responded as a nation and best friends, family members, co-workers were divided based on a belief of, yeah. of a pandemic. And there just seemed to be from the COVID virus, this division on all platforms. And yeah. as that starts to dwindle down, as businesses started to rise again and make no mistake, there are some businesses that are still struggling yeah. from this COVID-19. We have... Another pandemic that hits the nation again in the form of race and true to form again, we respond as Americans and once again, as a people were divided. I think that this is a crucial point in America. If you think back into history, we've seen wars, we've seen pandemics. I mean, we've seen global pandemics and fear strike the entire world, but nothing has put our nation on a halt like COVID has leading into what we're going to be talking about with this race issue, but we're talking sports, we're talking school, we're talking small businesses, we're talking the economy and a second wave and what that's going to do to our economy. And you sit back and you wonder the issues that we're facing today, if we don't talk about them, if we allow the issues to be silent, then we're really abusing ourselves in that matter. And so at this point, where are we at? As America, we are, we're left with damage on, on all fronts. America is left with so many questions. And at this point, I don't think there's been a viable resolution for 
the pandemics that we're in in this nation. I don't think there's been a viable resolution. Well, there hasn't been for COVID yet, but especially a viable resolution for the race issues that we are culturally dealing with in America right now. George Floyd and the the circumstances that happened with George Floyd, make no mistake, racism is evil. Police brutality is evil. It's a crime. And to go from COVID and trying to heal our nation from what happened in that pandemic only to come out of the gates and have to be faced with racism right right then and there regardless it's evil but right then and there is is a huge problem that i think 2020 has just surfaced in america and you know what Kyle one thing i, I want to i just want to have a side note here to just say how crazy is it, man, as we are walking around, it's almost like the movies that we've seen where people like it's like we're the last people on Earth. Right. And we're walking around with masks. on. Like I'd never dream that I would see a day like this. Like you see those movies and you think. Dude, that'll never happen in my lifetime. And it's happening. We're stuck at home. We're yeah. wearing masks. We're, you know, washing everything. We're, yeah. you know, it's just, it's crazy. And so it's just been a crazy 2020 so far. And like you said, I mean, we've looked at things. We were like, wow, we have COVID. We have all this other stuff going on. And then it seems like right after that happened, then all of the stuff surrounding race, And what the police were doing right, what they were doing wrong, whatever the case may be, whatever sides you come down on, it's just been, you know, something that it's like thing after thing. It's kind of wearing people down, but that's why we're here because we want to talk about it. So, yeah, I mean, today my daughter made me pinky promise her that I teach her how to ride her bike without her training wheels. And Mm. so I go, okay, we got to buy you a helmet. So we go to go to Walmart and it was surreal. I mean, I had to go to the back seat and tell her, all right, babe, I need you to get your face mask. And to think like, and I looked at my wife and I was like, you realize we are raising our kids yes. in, in something that nobody, nobody, yes. not even in history has an experience in. And Kev, that's one of the reasons why I think this podcast is going to be so impactful is because we are in a time that we're going to have to discuss some things for the very first time. And we're going to have to discuss some other things in a way that it seems like it's the very first time because we're going to have to educate and re-educate ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy because I'll never forget just right when COVID was probably at the highest peak, my wife had a medical issue and we ended up having to walk into the emergency room right in the middle of the highest peak of the pandemic. And I will tell you, it was, I can't help people to understand enough how crazy I felt. I couldn't go in. I couldn't be with her. She had went to a urgent care before that. And they had basically told her like, no, you need to go to a hospital. You need to go to an ER. And so she gets out of the car and she's walking in and I kid you not, I was sitting there like a husband sending his wife into a war zone. Like literally tears were welling up in my eyes because I'm like, yeah. I hate that she has to go in here under yeah. all of this stress. And I knew she was stressed out about it. And so it's crazy. But I look at all of that, Kyle, and I say, mm-hmm. we have hope, right? Yeah, absolutely. Through, through 
all of this, we have hope. That's why we're here. We're going to bring this hope to each podcast and say, listen, whatever we talk about, and we're going to talk about some heavy stuff today, but whatever we talk about, we have an answer for it. And that answer is always going back to the word of God because God, he's the creator of this universe. He's not surprised at any of this. He's not falling off his throne because COVID's here, right? We may, we may be, we may be falling out. We may have some issues, right? <laughs> yeah. But God is not surprised. He's not taken back and he's got an answer for it. I like that you brought up your experience in the hospital because I think as we get into the topic that we're going to discuss today, going from COVID, feeling helpless, feeling hopeless, People are having to battle this thing on their own when they have it because of the way that it would spread. And so as a dad, as a husband, as a mother, as a as a child, you're hopeless, you're helpless, and you feel like you're in that state. And then to go into the racial circumstances that we still deal with in America, which is what we're going to talk about today, and how to handle these situations when you feel hopeless, you feel helpless. I mean, we went from debating on whether or not COVID was real or not to now debating on who's right or wrong. In Mm. a murder scenario, and we go from, I'm not going to wear a mask to now in this situation, we're going to fund and we're going to riot. And so we've got a whole bunch of chaos in the midst of our hopelessness and our helplessness. And I think it's true to what you said. There's that lack of hope. There's that lack of clarity. And so why don't we go ahead with that? We're going to talk about the racial circumstances and how we ought to deal with it as an individual, but how we ought to deal with it as an individual called by God and how God would call us to do it. So let's talk about that. How should we handle these movements? How should we handle these circumstances? How should we handle the racial tensions in America today? Yeah, Kyle, I believe that as a Christian, Our foundation for anything we do in life has to be built on the word of God. We don't get to pick and choose as a Christian how we believe about things or what we should believe. I mean, because we in and of ourselves, we don't have the answers. You are seeing right right now in real time the world trying to mitigate their own issues. They're trying to solve their own problems. You can't solve sin with sin. It just doesn't happen, right? So we have to base what we are and what we believe based on the word of God. And there's nothing that the Bible does not cover either in directly or in principle, Right. nothing. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what the culture is facing. The Bible addresses it. And we're going to do everything that we can to flush this out because we believe that God has something to say about it. So I like to always start with the whole idea of race. Is race and the way that we talk about it today, is that a real thing or is that something that's man-made because when i look at scripture i don't see where god has different races right right absolutely i see a god who formed a man out of the dust of the ground and then out of the rib of that man a woman came and those are our parents and and let's take it to scripture so let's look at acts 1726 it literally says from one man he made 
all the nations. They should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in histories and the boundaries of their lands. So basically what Acts is saying here is, is from one man. So from Adam, God made all the nations, right? So when you look at this from a biblical perspective, there is no black, white, there is no Asian, there is no all of these things that we have constructed biblically, it's just not there. If you want to go back to your ancestors, you want to go back to who you originally came from. We all derived from Adam and Eve, right? So so the biblical definition of race could literally say humanity. That's right. One word, humanity. Yep. It's the human race. Well, exactly. So (laughs) that social construct is the very root of the division that we see surface through chaos and we see surface through tension. And I think that's why 2020, I say it has really just kind of surfaced those issues Mm -hmm. is because I think until we're able to realize we're fighting an artificial fight, we're never going to stop fighting that fight. That's right. That makes sense. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because, you know, the fight that we're trying to fight is a fight that we created and it has nothing to do with reality. And I want to cite in this article, I was reading this article by Vivian Chow and she's at Harvard University. And we all know Harvard, right? And we would respect anything else that Harvard said. Basically what she said in this particular article, she said in the biological and social sciences, the consensus is clear that race The way we know it today is a social construct, not a biological attribute. Today, scientists refer to the use of that term ancestry to describe human diversity. Ancestry reflects the fact that human variations do have a connection to the geographical origins of our ancestors with enough information about a person's DNA. Scientists can make a reasonable guess about their ancestry. She goes on. She says, however, unlike the term race, it focuses on understanding how a person's history unfolded not how they fit into one category and not another. So basically, we've looked at scripture. Scripture says there's no such thing as all these different races. There is a human race, right? And now we go to science because there's some people who say, yeah, Kevin, I, you know, I know you said that the Bible said that, but the Bible's a book. It was written a long time ago, and I'm not sure if that's relevant for today. Well, one, I'll tell you, it is relevant for today. Yes, it is. And you're going to see that in every single topic, but... Even from a scientific perspective, from the most Ivy League college in our nation, right? They're saying, listen, race is a social construct. There's no basis really in reality. I just look at it and say, and and I know a lot of people would say something like, well, you know, hey, Kevin, you know, I understand that you're saying that and, you know, but, but, you know, you almost sound like a guy who, who hasn't had to deal with this. Well, you know, I have had to deal with this. My family has had to deal with this. But here's what we have to understand. We don't get to pick and choose. So when we respond to the race issue, and and I know, and Kyle can, he can say this as well. When I saw the George Floyd video, man, it shook me. This wasn't one of those where, oh, the camera angle was bad or, oh, you know, we only saw part of it. And no, we saw the whole thing. The nation watched 
as a man was literally murdered in front of us. And so in while we talk about these things and we say, oh, you know, race is a social construct. That's where we are today. I want to bring truth to that and let you know that it's not a real thing. But because that's where we find ourselves today, we're going to talk in this podcast on how do we respond to that, right? I've had my own incidents of racism as a black man in America. I had an incident one time where I literally, and I know this sounds cliche, but I literally went down the wrong street. I was in an area that's known to be racist and I went down a street and was literally heckled by people in their houses yelling at me saying, why are you here? You don't belong here. What are you doing here? Turn your car around, all that kind of stuff. I've walked into restaurants where we were treated so badly not getting our meals, not getting some of the things that we, you know, we had ordered that patriots, white patriots were coming up to us and they were saying, we are so sorry that you're being treated this way. I mean, you know, things like that. I've had people yell out of their cars to, to me and my wife as we're driving along. They have yelled the N-word to us. One of the relationships that I was in right before I started dating my wife, the reason why that relationship ended was because the brother ended up becoming a skinhead. And threatened me and said, if I ever step foot in his sister's house again, that I was going to pay for it. So when you when we talk about these things and some of the things that I want to I want to get into today, I want you to understand it. I get it. I've been a victim of it. I understand it. But I am a Christian before I am a black man. Yeah, you can say that again. Right. I'm a Christian before I'm a black man, before you're a white person or an Asian person or a Mexican. It doesn't matter what your race is. I am a Christian. So everything that I do and everything that I am has to be through the lens of me being a Christian. So I look at scripture and say, what does God say about how we should respond to enemies? Because I would say any police officer that's going to put their knee on my neck and, you know, have me slowly die under their knee, that's an enemy. That's not a friend. Right. Um, so I, I would say I would say, what does the Bible say about that? And and, and I, I, I have to go back to scripture. Scripture says in Luke 6, 20, uh, 27, it says, but to you who are, are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I can just stop it right there. We're all wigging out, right? We're all wigging out because we're going, wait, what? I'm supposed I'm supposed to do what? Well, because that's the opposite of what culture would teach you. Yes. 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 It is. And 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 that's who God is, right? He he literally said in his word, my ways are above your ways, my thoughts are above your thoughts. So while you're trying to get back at people, while you're doing whatever, I am showing you a greater way to be able to deal with the things in the culture. And so he's basically saying, We are to love our enemies, we are to do good to them, we are to bless them, even if they're cursing us. And he says, Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slapped you on one cheek, 
Turn the other cheek. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. So, and here's what we have to understand, because a lot of people, they, they listen to the scripture and they go, well, okay, if I do that, then that means that, you know, where's, where's justice? How do we get justice out of that? Am I just supposed to take it? Absolutely not. No, you're not a doormat. You're not a doormat. You're not a doormat. God is not trying to get us to just lay down and be abused. That's not, that's not what God is doing. But what God is saying is that I have a better way to deal with this than, you know, the way we've been dealing with it. Um, uh, so you, you might say to me, well, but Kevin, I'm, I'm angry. How do I respond? Should, should I protest? Uh, should I riot? Sh- should I, should I join a movement? I'll tell you, the Bible says that we can be angry. See, this is yeah. this is what I love yep. about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Here we go again. The Bible says, can we be angry? Yes, you can be angry. Be angry. He says, in your anger, though, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. So he's not telling us not to be angry that racism is 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 still going on in the world. Right. Um, and, and I'll tell you this, man, as long as we have human beings in the world, there's going to be racism. We will never eradicate bigotry. Social uh, injustices, uh, racism, all of these things, none of these things will be ever eradicated because that is a sinful, that's part of our sinful nature. Well, that, and we're institutionalized with sin. I mean, yes. even, even as a culture, we are institutionalized with the thought, with the enjoyment, w- with sin. It's just, that is the culture we are continuing to thrive off of. And so it's, it's not just going to be race, that we're going to battle because of that situation right there. The fact that we are institutionalized with it and we are inundated with it, it, it's everywhere. And so to say that we can have human beings who are imperfect, institutionalized with sin, and to say that we're going to eradicate some of the most horrific things we've ever seen, it's just, it's a lie. But, but there is still hope and there is still reconciliation that needs to happen and there is there are still resolutions that that absolutely uh need to happen and i feel like if we can educate ourselves in that matter for my daughter's sake sakes they they will be able to live a better perspective out in the world and their generation if we as parents can learn ourselves what we did or did not do the right Mm -hmm. way yeah. Uh, when it comes to race, um, and then we can educate them with that, then I think that that's a good step in the right direction. We're gonna we can educate them biblically, but we can educate them to have an awareness of humanity. To have like I feel like we lack that awareness. Uh, yeah. We're only a couple years out, Kevin, of Time Magazine calling the generation me 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 generation we are mm. we're just mm. years out of this so we are seeing a, a selfish generation grow up and, and and maybe it's not their fault this is also the first generation that really doesn't have to ask for help for anything they go right. on youtube and they can find answers to anything so they haven't needed that parental guidance well they do but you know what i'm saying logistically oh, yeah, sure. they didn't need yeah. that parental. and so now we have a very selfish generation that also hasn't 
been taught or hasn't chose to learn what it is to have social awareness for others. And so now I feel like we as parents have to re-educate a society of people what it means to love, what it means to care. Because let's think about it. We have also a culture that says love is love. And one of the main reasons I've never really liked that phrase, and as a youth pastor, I've had to I've had to come with some education on that phrase. Is God is love. Now, sure. you're, to the unbeliever, that sounds just as wrong as to the believer. Love is love, right? So, yeah, you can't just say, "Well, God is love." Love is love promotes specifically deciding who you love. It promotes specifically deciding what's okay to love, who's okay to love. I don't agree with that. And as long as we can be specific on, well, I'm going to show love to this person, but I'm not going to show love to that person, that's that's conditional. And we're never going to resolve anything. God is love tells us, well, well, where do we see Jesus? With the broken, with the wounded, with the hurting, with the lost, with those in need, with the children, and trying to disciple people and trying to give the best life to those around him. So when you say God is love, even if you say, Hey, I don't believe in that. Well, what does that phrase mean? That phrase means that's the type of love that wants to see a positive change. That's the type of love that's going to love you unconditionally. And so we have to, I feel like in my state, I have to combat by being educational and just rerouting the way that I would respond. Initially, when I see a knee on a man's neck. I don't care if you're a cop. I don't care if you're white, if you're black, if you're Asian, if you're Hispanic. Another man's knee on another man's neck, I will never tolerate. That's one of the things I won't I won't pull my phone out. I won't record. I mean, in a flash second, I could see myself physically removing another man off another man's neck to make sure both men are are handled and justifiably handled. Okay. So so what I have to tell myself is I can no longer move in emotion about things like this because emotion creates an impulsiveness which creates more damage. What I need to do for my children is now these circumstances are happening because again we're never going to eradicate this. So now how do I respond? Well I have to educate myself to create direction, which will take me to a resolution. And so I really feel like this, this culture needs that. They need to understand, I have to be an educated person. I have to be intelligent and I have to be aware of society so that when things happen, I can properly respond with a resolution instead of impulsively respond and create more damage. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 again, I, I want to stress, it's not that we lay down and just take it because I, I, I you know, right. I know a lot of people will be like, well, what do you mean? You know, I'm supposed to love my enemies. But here's the thing. We can't pick and choose the scriptures that we want to obey and the ones we don't want to obey. Right. Like it's absolutely it's, it's going to be hard. Like it's going to be hard to love somebody that killed another person. Right. But but think about this from a Christian perspective. If that man in his jail cell, if he asks for forgiveness, if he gives his life to Christ, that man will be saved. You see, we 
I can't exact judgment or I can't be more firm on something than God is. And, 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 and we, and we have to get in we'll talk about in a second, vengeance versus justice. There's a difference. There's a difference between vengeance and justice. And I think a lot of what we're seeing right now is vengeance and not justice. And so, you know, we have to re- we have to retrain ourselves to understand, yes, these things are bad. But first of all, we're supposed to as Christians, we're supposed to be lights. We're supposed to be lights in the midst of all of this. How can we be a light if we're a part of the darkness at the same time? It is impossible for us to to, to be a light. And, and, and I think we have also have example in scripture where um, Paul in Acts 16, if you read Acts 16, 35 through 40, you will see Paul was in prison wrongly and beaten. And when 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 that happened, they they sent somebody to the prison and basically said, OK, you know, we're going to let you guys out now. Now, Paul knew that he was wrongly in prison. He knew he was a Roman citizen and he's like, I've been wrongly in prison and I've been beaten. He said, nope, we're not going to do that. Well, I'm not, we're not going to leave quietly. He goes, I want you to go get the magistrates and all those people that put me in jail. I want you to have them come down here and they're going to walk me out of this jail themselves. Yeah. Right. So yeah. he, he, he stood up for his rights as a Roman citizen. And I believe that whatever our race is, right, yeah. we should stand up for our rights. Right. But we do this with we do this still being a light. We don't now join darkness because we're trying to stand up for something. Right. We still we we stand up by um, still doing it the way that God um, w- would have us do that. And and, and that doesn't mean we're not going to anger people in the process. I mean, That's if right. you look at Jesus leadership, he was able to do things in a loving and a compassionate way, but in a way where he just, he would justifiably put someone in their place, anger them. But again, he didn't write like he didn't burn buildings. Again, if you know, we're, we're talking biblical times to now, but never, never would I have thought that we would have a debate on whether funding riots in a city was okay or not. Like right. I, just as much as I never thought I'd raise my daughter in a masked era, I mm. never thought I'd be debating on whether or not it was okay for a brick to go through a window of an organization that is there to help the community. You you get where yeah. you get where I'm going. Oh, yeah. And oh yeah. And so there's even though we're gonna talk about this, Kev, there's a fine line too that I think people are just choosing to ignore because of what you've hit on. Vengeance feels so good. It feels so good in the moment, but justice will feel better permanently. And, and I think that we've allowed our education to come from sources they shouldn't have come from. And we've allowed that twist and that distortion to happen where now all of a sudden vengeance seems like the answer and justice seems like pushed off to the wayside because it's just not going to be good enough. And that's why I feel like we keep going back to, is this a race issue or is this a humanity issue? And is this always going to be a humanity issue? And we referenced the Bible a couple of times, but I love the way and, um, and, and I, I listened to Vadi Bakum talk about this, but I love the way that Ephesians lays down the foundation in Ephesians two verses one through 10. 
it talks about, and again, you don't have to be a believer listening to us to understand this, where it talks about in verses one through 10, that we were all dead to our sin. I mean, we were doomed and we have been unified because of Christ and because of his grace, right? So we are all, we are saved through that. But then it goes on further to talk about the Jews and the Gentiles. So what the Bible's doing in verse 11 is it is, it is bringing credit to the fact that there are differences in, in humans. Okay. So you've got the, you've got the Jews, you've got the Gentiles. It's bringing a valid, a valid validity to the fact that God understands that there are differences between men and women. There are differences between uh, the human race. There are differences between nationalities, things like that. He also brings uh, validation to the fact that it matters, that 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 type of stuff has to be talked about. We can't just ignore it and say, well, we're all God's creation. Well, we are all God's creation, but there are differences along the way that if we don't talk about it and we don't educate ourselves about it, the world's going to, and they're going to formulate our opinion for us. And that's why we're seeing a lopsided opinion. And that's why we're seeing an, a, an inundation of sin and we're seeing an inundation of com- confusion. That's why we're seeing kids being taught the complete opposite of what they should be taught about the human race. Because I feel like we somewhere along the line as leaders, as parents have to wake up and understand if we don't talk about it with our kids, if we don't talk about it with the next generation, somebody's going to. And if we can't get the truth out, somebody's going to get a quote unquote truth out because Truth is truth for some reason now. There's no weight to that. And so I feel like if we can have the same discussions about the differences in humanity in the same way the Bible discusses them, then again, I think we're on the right path to helping this next generation not face the depth of racism that we faced growing up or that we are facing now in, uh, in 2020. And again, I, I like the reconciling of humanity to God first, and then the unity between Jews and Gentiles or the unity between, let's just put it out there, a white man and a black man, a white woman and a black woman, but the unity between a white individual and a Hispanic individual, because there are differences there. There are cultural differences there, but God knew that and God knows that. And he's calling us to be unified as humanity because that's what he created us to be unified in him and unified in each other. And I I believe the Bible identifies those distinctions and it validates the fact that those distinction matters. And it tells us that whether you're a believer or not, God cares about you and what makes you you yeah yeah i yeah that's good man i love it every moment of it listen we have to get uh this race thing out of our brains if you're a christian and you're listening you have got to forget race it -hmm. is the human race we are all united as one in christ that that's that period so, and yes, are there some differences? Sure, there are differences. There are cultural differences, like right. I was saying, right. man. Like, you, yes, but by the same token, we are to celebrate those differences, mm-hmm. right? Those differences should not divide us, 
Right. Right. And we also shouldn't be so sensitive. Right. It, we see so right. much sensitivity out there where no one can say anything about anything, you know, because they're afraid that somebody's going to get mad. Like as a Christian, we should not be that way. And so I think it's, it, I, you know, I think that's important. But when we look at the rioting, the looting and all of this, and I think there are some people that actually say, well, you know what, if that happened to to my, you know, uh, you know, I say in air quotes, race of people, then maybe I would do that too. But but here's what we have to understand as Christians. So should we get involved with Black Lives Matter? Should we get involved with the the looting and the throwing things and setting things things on fire and, and all of the are is that justified because of the nature of what's happening i would say no and i think the bible says that too because if you look uh, the Bible literally says in, in, um, in, in the scripture, it says, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I That's will good. repay, says the Lord. So here's the thing. If you want justice, there's all kinds of ways that we can get justice, yeah. right? We, you can listen, you know, in, instead of telling your sons and your daughters and forcing them into one area. So like us as Christians, we all want our kids to be missionaries and pastors and worship leaders and all of that. I'm going to tell you right now, start encouraging your kids to be legislators, start yes. encouraging them to be attorneys, yes. police officers. We need them in the marketplace. Yes. Could you imagine what our world would look like if, if listen, we, we don't need another church. There is churches on every corner and look at how our world is, is mm. going to hell in a handbasket, mm. right? So we can't, we can't say that, oh, we need another church. What we need is Christians in the marketplace. So, mm. uh, in, you know, encourage them, go to school. We want you to be in the universities, yeah. right? We yeah. want you to be in all of these places that has effect on our society. And, and, and so if you want justice, do some of that. If you want justice, you know, go to your city council meetings, go and be a part of, um, be a part of conversations and round mm-hmm. tables and town hall meetings and go out and do something that's positive, right? But what we're seeing is not justice. We're seeing vengeance. And the Bible says yeah. that vengeance is reserved for God and God alone. Now, do we have courts and things in place? Because the Bible talks about that. He talks yeah. about people in authority and how should yeah. we should respect them, right? So we have to trust. And I understand our justice system is broken. I get it. Yeah. I, yeah. I know it is broken. But here's the thing. We do everything we can to see that justice reigns. There's yeah. only so much we can do. After that, we have to leave it up to God. Don't you think for a second that the Hitlers, the Saddam Husseins, the Osama bin Ladens, all of these people who have done horrific things to humanity, don't think for a second that they got away with anything. Right. And, and this is what we don't understand. That sometimes we don't remember as Christians. No one, including us, will get away with doing anything that is outside of the word of God. We will be judged based on what we did. And if we don't have the blood of Christ that's covering us and covering our lives, then we're we're going to reap the penalty of that unrepentant sin. 
So you never have to yeah. worry about, well, but I got to get back at them. I've got to, I've got to go out there and I, I'm, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to, you know, um, destroy all the police stations or I'm going to listen. You don't have to do that. God knows where everyone one is, mm-hmm. what they're doing, what they've done right, what they've done wrong. Yes. God, reserve the justice for God. We are to be lights and find a way to shine light in the midst of deep, deep darkness. That's that's important. And that's that's actually really, really good because I have fallen victim to, not victim, I guess, I have been uh, a troll. I'm just going to say it on Facebook. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let's just hit it. I think social media has probably been the leading cause of issues with all of this. And you talk about vengeance. And as a Christian man, Mm. I look at myself like I just don't right here. I I can't really cross any physical borders with somebody. I'm saying like you make me mad. I'm going to troll you on Facebook. Well, first of all, that can be a form of gossip. Second of all, you're knowingly trying to trigger somebody. So what mm-hmm. you're doing on Facebook when you're ranting, when you're and I've I've literally had to pull myself from this because that's my personality. My personality yeah. is to I'm just gonna start typing and I hope so and so responds because I want to get in this conversation in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. has to single handedly be doing more damage. And yeah. this is big for me to say this because silence is deadly to me. I, I'm a yeah. youth pastor. You, you're, you're a minister. Like we know silence is deadly, yeah. but I've literally looked at my wife before and I've told her because we like to post on social media that I, I've literally said, if you're going to post anything about the race issue that's going on or about COVID-19 going on, you are doing more damage than just being silent. Like that's yeah. how I felt at one point because I felt like, nobody's on there to agree. Everybody's on there to argue. Everybody's on there to get vengeance. Everybody's on there to say, well, that black person's wrong or that white person's wrong or that doctor's wrong or that governor's wrong. And it has helped in no way, shape or form. And, and like you said, we can find ways to get justice in a, in a justified way, in a Christian way, in a morally correct way, in a, rights type of way where we are following the rights that we have as American citizens to see change happen. And mm-hmm. we, we have an obligation to do that. We don't have an obligation to get on Facebook and rant and just create more havoc on there. And so I think one of the ways too is, is we can't be silent. We have to talk about it, That's but right. we can't rant yeah. The most uneducational. We can't share a source and we can't share a meme just because it makes us feel good. And I think that's what's happening is we're doing things because it justifies the way we feel inside. And so we just vomit it out on social media and it's not even remotely accurate or correct. That's right. that's and right. so we have to find a way where because this is is is, is everything going to find its way to being politically driven. I think we as a people need to remove ourselves from the political aspect of it and look Mm -hmm. at it again as I am a human. That person is a human. I need to find a way to unify this situation inside of me and then lead my family in that way. And like you said, promote that through my family, through the marketplace. I I can't, I mean, I want to echo that a thousand times Um, in ministry alone where I've told kids 
You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a pastor. And you can have a greater impact than an evangelist and a pastor. You can. Because your voice in an office or your voice in a Mm -hmm. vocation is going to be huge because of the people you can reach. And it starts here with us, Kevin. It starts with us figuring out, I'm not going to allow, like, like for instance, the George Floyd issues of the world. I'm going to stop allowing that to be a black issue in America. Instead, that's going to be an issue in America. You you get what I'm saying? Like there can no longer be black issues in America, white issues in America, Hispanic issues in America. They have to be American issues for us to unify as Americans. And until we remove the politics out of it, until we remove the social media out of it, and until we remove our own emotion out of it, And we get back down to what does God say about me in this situation? I don't know that we're ever going to see that change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, we need, we let, we have to understand that you're never going to solve an argument or anything on social media. Like it's no. just not going to happen. It's You're not, not going to change. So yeah, it's not built for that. It is. It's not. It's not built for you to change somebody's mind that have been their mindset has been in, you know cemented for forty mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. on one side or the other. You're just not, and 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, if you're close friends with me, you're my friends list. You know, I have my moments where I, oh, I yeah. rant or I do my thing. Right? That's that's you know, I fell victim to the same thing. You know, but my desire moving forward is unless I have something to share that is edifying, I'm not sharing it because it's not going to help anyone. It all it does is hurt, and now we're right. going back and forth as Christians. On something that we should really be unified on. Right. And so I think we, we, we have to stop this social media, uh, platforms that we have where we feel like, okay, well, this is my moment. I'm, I'm going to let everybody know how I feel. And if you don't agree with me, mm-hmm. then you're, yeah. you're, you know, I don't have anything to do with you. You know, you you must see things my way. And listen, we all have that, right? Like we all have right. things that we feel like we see a certain way. And, I just, I feel like the best thing we can do is how we treat people every day and get this next generation out into the market, right? Imagine if a Christian created Facebook. Just, I mean, really, I mean, it, we, we wouldn't have to worry about our stuff being taken down. We wouldn't have to worry about, oh, you, you violated our policies. None of that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We are... We are the most creative people on the face of the planet. Why? Because we have the creator living inside of us. Yeah. So we should be the most creative. We should be the ones coming up with uh, all of these these innovative things that are happening. And we've but we've got to push our young people into the marketplace. You know, and, and but make sure they're strong when they go out there. Well, and, and you again, the Bible is only going to prove this. Um, I've talked to you about this being one of my favorite verses kev is daniel 1 9 uh says daniel was a man of resolve daniel also ended up becoming basically an advisor for king nebuchadnezzar his dreams helped leadership and you see all throughout the bible where men of god 
really did help Kings come alongside mm-hmm. side Kings and, and help their leadership. And I feel like we have to do better. I personally have to do better at when I, when I'm reading the word of God and in my relationship with God, understanding that, yeah, he has placed me here on earth in this time. He knew what he was doing when he created me. And if mm-hmm. I am going to digest his word, I need to make sure that on my kids, on my coworkers, on my grandkids when they're growing up, like on my wife, that I am vomiting, excuse the the verbiage for that, but I, that I am <laughs> vomiting like his his word in my yeah. actions, in the way I respond. And I could do better at all of that. I mean, yeah. I could too, give bro. you give you everyday instances where I can do better at all that. But I bring up Daniel because I feel like if we can become men and women of resolve, just just resolve. Like if we can understand why it is we believe what we believe and we don't just believe it because someone told us it, but we've done our research, we've read the word, we've read sources, we've we've studied it up and said, "Hey, this is why I believe what I believe." Mm-hmm. I think then it's going to be harder for our emotions to allow us to compromise on the things that we believe. Because yeah. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I told you about the social media rants. I knew what I was doing. I knew mm-hmm. the damage I was doing. But I was so emotionally wrapped up in humanity at the moment that I lost my resolve. You get what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I could do it for any circumstance. That's why I'm saying I could be a better father. I could be a better husband in that case. But if you look at the life of Daniel, his resolve is the reason why he got a seat next to the king. Mm-hmm. His resolve mm-hmm. is the yeah. reason why he found favor with the Lord. And I don't think it's a coincidence the Bible tells that off the bat, Daniel was a man of resolve. And then, oh, by the way, here's the exploits. Here's how Daniel helped three men. Here's how Daniel helped King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Here's how Daniel got favor from the Lord. We have to take the fact that we know a living God, the living yeah. God. That yeah, we know yeah. him. We yeah. have to take it so much more seriously than, than we thought we were because mm-hmm. the world is waiting for truth. The world is waiting for answers. And again, if we don't give the world that truth and those answers, the media will. That's right. So, social media will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Movements will. And yes. we, we can get into talk about movements, but I'd rather not follow a movement. I'd rather just follow truth. That's uh, right. I, I'd rather not have to create another movement. I'd rather inundate this generation with truth and yeah. let the truth be the movement. And let's That's just right. say, hey, we don't need a movement. We need humanity to understand and educate themselves in what the truth really is about humanity itself. And when you can sit down and say, you don't have to agree with me. I believe this because I researched and I studied instead of saying, I believe this because my pastor told me, or Mm -hmm. I believe this because this book told me, or I believe this because this media source told me, listen, I said it before. I'll say it again. Books are good. Role models are great. Pastors are awesome, but you have to understand why you believe what you believe because God is also in that going to show you who you are because he's created you to be you and you have to believe his word based on his word. That's right. Not someone else's word for it. So little rant, little side rant there, but I just, again, I just feel like we're being lied to as a culture and our silence is allowing that to just happen. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, as as just as Christians, Kyle, I think we we're always distracted by something. It's it, it's we it's almost like we can never be the people that God really wants us to be that light. We can never because we're just as distracted. We're just in the in just as in the dark. We're just as, you know, knee jerk reacting as the world does. We'll never get anything done if we act like the world. It is time for us to rise up as Christians and let's not we don't need to join a movement to do that. Listen, this can happen every day of your life. Just treat people right. I don't care what color they are, right? If you're a black person, treat people right. I don't care what color they are. If you're a Hispanic or a white person or whoever you are, it doesn't matter. Treat people like you would want to be treated. If you do that, this world, I promise you, will be a better place. That's a bigger step. Uh, A pastor, a good pastor friend... Um, he said something in the midst of all the social media rants. It was so simple. And it was what you just said. He literally in quote word for word, he said, we need to do better at treating people better and just left it there. Yeah. And I was like, for, for all the rants that are going on, for all the rants that I put out that I thought were spectacular, Mm. that Mm -hmm. held so much more weight to it. Yeah. than anything yeah. else I had heard in the last couple of months. And if he's, if he's listening, thank you. You know who you are. You know who you posted it, but that that's what we need. We need voices like that, that guys, we don't have to, we don't have to put this in a difficult term. This it's, it is, even though it's hard to comprehend, it's simple. Yeah. If you treat people better and I treat people better, we've mm. already won the battle. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and we have all the tools. We have everything it takes um, uh, to do that. But I here I want to talk to my African-American brothers and sisters, because I think this is important because, you know, a lot of this is around African-Americans right now, because that's you know, that's what we see um, is happening. But. I, I want to talk to you and, and, and I'm a black man. So, so you can, you know, take this from a, 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 you know, a black brother that's saying, listen, we cannot. So we talk about black lives matter. I, I see it everywhere. It's painted mm-hmm. on the streets. It's painted on side of buildings. We, yeah. we like we, it's everywhere. Okay. If we're going to say that black lives matter, we can no longer ignore the atrocities that we continue to impose on our own people. Mm. We can't continue to have the atrocity of abortion and the killings that take place in our inner cities and in our urban communities like Detroit and Chicago and Kansas City and all these different places that we see that a lot of it is black on black crime. And I'm telling you, and, and I understand people say, well, but, but I, you know, you, you can't, you can't really say that because, you know, we're being hunted in the streets by white people and all of these type of things. Let me tell you something. We are being hunted by our own people in our own streets. And it's time for us to rise up and say enough is enough. We are, we have fatherless generation. Listen, I, and I did some research on this, right? A Pew Research Center survey said they found that 50% of Hispanics, 58% of whites, and 62% of blacks now say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. Mm. 
Now we can mm. we we can talk about the abortion debate. It should not be a thing ever at any stage of Mm -hmm. a a baby's life right and it should be no race should be mentioned here at all but when i look at that 62 percent, so over any other race i say that in air quotes again uh race 62 percent of blacks say that abortion should be legal in all or most cases so if black lives matter why is it that overwhelmingly we're good with killing our own babies at an overwhelming rate? Right. If black if black lives really matter in New York City, thousands more black babies are aborted than alive each year. So what this Pew Research uh, survey said. Wow. And the abortion rate among black mothers is more than three times higher than it is for white mothers. According to a city um, health department report released in May uh, between 2012 and 2016, black mothers terminated 136,426 pregnancies and gave birth to 118,127 babies. Wow. Explain that math. By contrast, births births far surpass abortions among whites, Asians, and Hispanics. It goes on that nationally black women terminate pregnancies at far higher rates than other women as well. In 2014, 36% of all abortions were performed on black women. Mm. But, But get this. Only they only made up 13% of the female population. Yeah. 36% of all abortions was committed by a black woman, but only 13% we only make up 13% of the population. So mm. we can talk about black lives matter, but as a Christian, we're going to be judged. We have to understand we're going to be judged on the word of God. We're going to be a judge on what the word mm-hmm. of God says, not our yeah. race, not how we feel, not our emotions, not any of that stuff. We are going to be judged right. on how we vote, how we've lived our lives, what we've done with our bodies um, and the decisions that we have made. Mm. And we can't honestly say that black lives matter, but we continue to kill our own. Right. Something's got to change. Something's something's got to uh, to change there. Um, and I know that you know a lot of people will ask me. They'll say, "Hey, Kevin, you know, I, I you know." And, and listen, I know there's injustice. I, I know that uh, abortion clinics are strategically placed in low income urban uh, urban centers. Uh, I, I get it. Um, I also realized that Planned Parenthood was started by a racist, uh, Margaret Sanger. Um, and so I, I get it. But none of that is an excuse for what we do with our bodies. Yeah. Right. We 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 make the decisions about our bodies. So so if black lives really matter, we need to um, we need to address address that. Um 
And so I think, and I could go into so much more. There's so many uh, statistics. There's so many things. Uh, but, but you, you get the gist of it. We have to stand up no matter what the race is. We have to stand up for truth and we have to stand up for, for justice. Just to kind of tag along with that is, again, it circulates around, we need to stand up for truth, we need to stand up for humanity, and, and we really need to stand up for two things that it really jump in mind is justice over vengeance, mm-hmm. education over emotion. That's right. I, I That's feel right. like it's that simple. If we can learn, if we can grow, and if we can treat people better just better not specifically sir just treat them better and yeah. people not a specific people group people treat yeah. your own people whether you're white on white white on black white on hispanic black on black black on, it doesn't matter treat right. every person with love yeah 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 we have to understand um that this is this is not a skin issue it's a sin issue there you go it, it it's 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 not a skin issue and we're making it a skin issue and as long as humans live on this earth there is going to be racism that's just the way it is because the bible literally says that we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity right yep. so our default position is to isolate people who don't look like us, who don't have the same amount of money as we do, who don't drive the same car as we do. We have a class issue there. We're always trying to do that. Why? Because we were born in sin. So I think those are the things that we have to, you know, to, you know, to take a look at. And Kyle, I I look at this um, and say, I had a great advantage uh, you know, uh, and being exposed because a lot of this, and I, I, I just want to get to some, some, just some practical things. A lot of this has to do with, um, education. One of the main things that will change, and you yeah. said that you hit on yeah. this yeah. is, is education. Uh, yeah. I will tell you, uh, for me, my experience, I grew up in, uh, predominantly white neighborhoods, went to all white schools, dated mostly white girls. Uh, you know, I pastored, uh, an all white mm-hmm. church. Yeah. My, my family was the only black family in the church, um, that I was senior pastor. And so, um, I have, I have been as what some people would say on the other side of the tracks almost all my life. So the reason why I have a balanced view and I can look at everybody the same is because I was educated and I know that every white person is not racist. I know right. that. Right. Because I've had years and years of experiences being around a race other than my own. Right. And I think one of the things that has to happen is you need to put yourself in the, in the, somebody else's shoes. Why don't you put yourself so if if you're you're saying, "Well, I I just don't understand why they think this way or or why whatever the case may be." Put yourself on the other side of the tracks. I don't know what it means to be white, but a white person can't look at me and say they know what it means to be black. Right. And so in, in this in, in in this world. Right. And so I think we have to put our ourselves in each other's shoes and just don't don't go by stigmas. Don't judge a book by its cover. 
Don't look across the street and go, well, you know, I bet you this is going on. I bet you, you have no idea. No. No. Right? No, but we, (laughs) by natural default, we like to find our own answers. We like to at least have an answer. Um, Yeah. uh, I learned this under some great leadership, but you, you just come out with the truth right in the beginning. You nip the rumors in the butt because rumors start basically because people have to have an answer for everything. And yeah. probably one of the greatest truths I've ever learned. It's made my life so much more easier just handling things up front uh, because you're going to have to do damage control on the back end if you don't. And I feel like society is doing damage control at the moment. I feel like you and I are fathers and we have to do damage control. I feel like mothers yeah. of homes, fathers of homes, we're having to do damage control now because let's just be honest. This race issue has not been discussed in the way it should be. It should have been discussed in the past. Right. It just hasn't been. I feel like for most at least for my most of my life, it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. For most of my life, race it was just never talked about. And yeah. if you dealt with it, you felt how you felt. You kept it to yourself. You kept moving. And part of that was my privilege. You know, you get what yeah. I'm saying. Like I was able yeah. to just go ahead and do that. But you have a generations of me who now are trying to formulate their own answers, and they're yeah. trying to formulate based on stereotypes and things like that. And so I think that's important that we do discuss this type of stuff. I, I've heard people say you want races, race to leave. Stop talking about it. I don't agree yeah. with that. I, I don't yeah. agree with that because again, that would be based on the fact that race is going to be eradicated and it's just not. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we do have to let voices of truth be known so that the default voices of lies don't take over because someone, they're going to find an answer one way or another. People yeah. are going to find answers one way or another. We might as well give them the truth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and here's, I, I, you know, I want to say this in, in, in kind of our final uh, few minutes here. Yeah. I, I, you know, practical change is, is, is a, so important and it's mm-hmm. the day to day thoughts and things that we have about things. Yeah. Know what your thoughts are, right? So if you don't know, check your heart, I will, and I'll say this, and I'll just use this for an example. Um, if you see somebody approaching your car, if you're sitting in your car and you see a, a, a black man approaching your car, okay, uh, and you hurry up and lock your doors, check your heart. Why did you lock your doors? Did you lock your doors because he was a black man? Or did you lock your doors because you just seen somebody coming and you're like, mm, I'm not sure. I probably should just go ahead and lock my doors. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be safe. You should be safe and always do things right. What I'm telling you is check your heart. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in the woods and you're jogging and you, you look back and there's somebody jogging behind you that happens to be a black person, ask yourself, does it cause any type of anxiety in you? Is it because it's a black person or is it because there's just somebody else in the woods and you didn't realize somebody else was in the woods and you're like, mm, well, may, you know, maybe I'm a woman or maybe I'm well, you could be a man, whatever, you know, and I just want to make sure I'm safe out here alone. Right. If it's because you want to be safe, no matter what the race is, you're good. Right. But if anything in your heart says, I am, I have anxiety, heightened anxiety because this person is of another skin color. That's a problem with your heart. And I would say the same thing. I don't care if it's white, black, uh, Hispanic. It doesn't matter what the race is. Check your heart. Right. 
never judge a book by its cover. If somebody's coming up beside you and they have a hoodie on, I love wearing hoodies. Now, I never put the hood up because I just don't like the way it looks just in general. I'm a preppy dresser. And so if I'm wearing... <laughs> I put if, a hood up because I'm bald. <laughs> well, I'm bald too, but... <laughs> And it gets cold in October, baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. But 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 here's the thing. You know what? I wear a hoodie sometimes, right? So, but if I were were to put up the hood on that hoodie and walk past your car, would you lock your doors? Right. You check your heart. Check your heart. You know. Um. And don't be weird. Don't be weird. Don't say things to people like, "Hey, can I touch your hair?" You know. Um. Yeah. That. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Don't be weird. <laughs> just, just don't be weird. Like, if, just think about it. I yeah. would say, I would say, do you want someone to touch your hair? Well, some people might, but just right. don't, yeah, don't, don't be that person. Yeah. <laughs> think about, and this is something I've always had to do because I've always just been an outgoing person. I like to be funny. I, I like to kind of be like the light in the room. And I, in marriage, I had to learn, don't be weird. Don't put right. your wife, like, don't say a joke that puts your wife in an awkward position. And you, all it takes is you thinking about what am I really about to say? Why am I about to say it? Is this going to be okay? And yeah. it's a split second of thinking. But again, that's retraining. That's reeducating yourself. That's just, it's just going to take some effort from individuals. Yeah. Effort. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I just think again, education, go back to the word of God. That's our source. How are we supposed to treat people? We treat people right. Um, you know, should we get involved in movements and, and, and organizations and all of these things? Listen, we have everything that we need biblically, um, to answer the culture. Um, and I think we need to start using right. our platform. So if you have social media, start using your platform for good. Um, stop being on the left or the right. Stop being uh, you know, like it doesn't it, 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 at this point it doesn't matter it's it's what god is saying who cares what here's the best thing you can be left or right that's that's fine we have our political standpoints but just know if you go left you're not reaching those on the right and if you go right you're not reaching those on the left but that's if right. you can find a common ground to unify and yeah do it with truth and do it with facts. I get that there are going to be some left facts and there are going to be some right facts. Can we put those aside for the moment? Voting happens in November. Can we can we put all that stuff aside and realize that the left and the right don't even have to have anything to do. They want something to do with it and they're going to push their agendas through it. And we've seen that, but they're only doing it because we've given them the ground to do that. So That's if right. we can begin to go on social media and not troll and we can go on social media and we can say, how am I going to unify? Like I said, a simple quote with, we just need to treat people better. Right. It may seem simple to you, but who can argue that? Nobody. Yeah. 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 And I, and, 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 and I know it seems simplistic and people might say, well, man, you know, if I go on there and just, you know, say how we can treat people better, you know, what is that really going to do? I will tell you, it's going to do a lot different than what we've been seeing. You know, all the other stuff we've tried doesn't work. Right. It, you, we can argue our point. We can t we can say what side we're on. That's that's all fine and well. It has never changed anybody's life. It has never brought anybody closer to Jesus. It is never. And, and that's our goal as Christians. We have to remember because we're talking to Christians. Right. Yeah. 
the world, they can be, they can be left, they can be right, they can be here, they can be there. It doesn't matter. They can do whatever they want to do. But as Christians, we have a, a mandate to spread the gospel. Yeah. That's that, that's that's who we are, right? Yeah. So if we're doing anything outside of that, then you know, and we can't we can't spiritualize one side or the other because a lot of people that we want to spiritualize it. Don't spiritualize it. Just share the gospel. Yeah. If you share the gospel, people will know who to vote for. They'll know what policies are right and what policies are wrong. Right. They'll know if they should get involved in movements or not, because the Bible is clear, either directly or in principle, about all these things. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. So, so we're we're excited. We're excited. We're excited. And I know we got into some deep things today. Um, but listen, this is your chance. Um, talk to us. Tell us what you think. Go to social media. Uh, go to Twitter. Go to Facebook. Go to Instagram. Um, like, share. Uh, you know, all of these things. Because um, we want to hear. We want to hear from you, right? We want to hear. We want this to be collaborative. Yeah. So we want to hear from you. So let us know uh, what you what you feel about it Uh, we're excited that you're here we've got a lot of great content coming we've we've already got mm, i want to say close to four months worth of shows that we've we've got coming your way we're going to talk about i mean all types and all sorts of things it'll be something for everybody and uh, we're going to have some fun we're also going to have um a show that gets a little bit deeper into who we are our backgrounds our families get to know us a little bit better um and uh so we're excited so just want to say thanks for listening thanks guys Um, yeah and we're we'll look forward to seeing you next week right here on the thinking out loud podcast